Pigweed here. Today we review a pumpkin ale and discuss Yorktown. Hello and welcome to Beer and Conversation with Pigweed and Crow Hill. Good evening, Crow Hill. Good evening, Pigweed. What's on your mind? You know, a lot of people like to celebrate their there events in their life, you know, yeah. weddings and, and things. Well, I know a guy who likes to celebrate his divorce. And <laughs> well, yeah, maybe. I, you yeah, know, it's a very really positive moment in his life. <laughs> maybe so. But it, it sort of reminds me of, you know, when society tells people, well, you should really be fit. And then they say, like, I'm going to be proud. I'm going to be fat and proud. You know, you know what I mean? It's like, <laughs> yeah. it's like they say, I'm, yeah, I'm a nasty woman. Or, you know, right? You know, they, they take something. It sort that's of been embrace the embra- negative. Embrace the negative. But anyway, this guy celebrates his, his divorce and he has, actually has a party every year to celebrate his divorce. I've never been to the party. Fair. But I didn't go into his house one time and I noticed that, uh, he had, his divorce papers, like framed and mounted on the wall, like a, you know, okay, a, a prize, a, right? <laughs> you know? Like a diploma. <laughs> yeah, and the date on the papers was not the date on which he had the uh, his party. What's up with and that? I, I don't know. So I said, "Well, you know, how come your party is here and, and the divorce is actually here?" And he said, "Well, no, the the party is on the day that I told my wife I wanted a divorce." Hmm. So he's, so he's not celebrating the divorce, he's de- celebrating the decision to get a divorce. Or, or, not the finalization of the divorce. Yeah, but not even, maybe not even the decision, but when he told her. <laughs> like, I don't he might have decided a week earlier, or, or, you know, a month earlier or something, I don't know. When he declared. He de- when he declared he wanted a divorce. So it's kind of a declaration. It's kind uh, of a declaration of divorce. <laughs> yes. yes. And that's what he celebrates. Very the- interesting. You know what? That reminds me. Okay. Happy Yorktown Day! Yorktown uh, Day. What's, what's yeah. okay? Yorktown right. Day. Yeah. York. Oh, oh, because oh, we're in October. Uh, yeah. Let's have this beer. And okay. I'll, all I'll right. Allow me yeah. to explain. Okay. All right. Good. Good. So this is um, Kentucky Pumpkin Barrel Ale. Okay. Which I, you know, I honestly just thought this was a pumpkin ale and got it. I didn't notice that it's ten percent. Oh, yeah, yeah, yes, yes, because I have seen. Right. If it said. Imperial Stout. Exactly. I would, I'd, I'd, have, I'd have wondered. Yeah, but if it just says pumpkin ale, I'm like, okay. And Ooh, certainly looking beer. at it, I don't know. It's just got a very friendly, uh, yeah. thin. The only, the look only to the possible, beer. the only possible indication is aged in bourbon barrels. Yeah. That's, that's, um, it just gives you a little. But I, I know flavor. you're such a huge fan of pumpkin nah, beers. Not yeah. really. Uh, but I'm figuring maybe the ten percent in the bourbon barrel will we'll make up. We'll mask. Yeah. So what do we got here? It smells pumpkiny. Yeah, lots even the of color. Even look at the color is color nice and is orangey. Nice. Yeah, very it's got, got that Halloween amber-ish. orange. Yep, very nice, and definitely strong pumpkin. Or, uh, not pumpkin, but pumpkin spice aroma. Well, I don't know. Not good. terrible. Yeah, and I'm not. And for a beer without all of those malts. That can sometimes hide the booziness. Yeah. I'm not getting a lot of booziness. Not getting much booziness <laughs> right? at all. No. For 10 percenter? I think there's, I think maybe the spices are hiding it. But yeah, it doesn't taste boozy. And it does taste very spicy though. There's a lot huh. of pumpkin spice in there. Uh, yeah. So if you like pumpkin spice, you might, you might well, like Well, you one. know, this time of year, uh, uh, when I get, um, if I get a coffee at, uh, 
Mm-hmm. Wherever. Uh, wah, wah. You, eh. get, you get the pumpkin spice. I'll get the pumpkin flavor. spice. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. you know, go with the flow. Go get, get, sure. get into the season. I can, I can drink this once a year. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just not much more than that. Yeah. No. All right, so, so what is this Yorktown day you're telling me about? Oh, gosh. Well, I've been, I've been wanting it. To uh, this to be a national holiday for so long now, mm-hmm. and it is great to know that finally we have we are observing Yorktown Day, okay. uh, and for the very same reason that your friend's divorce party seems strange, we celebrate the day that we declare that we're going to be a country, mm-hmm. and I feel like. History is littered with people who have declared their independence from their overlords, and most of them are just dead in a ditch somewhere. Right. And you really only get to have the big party if you win your independence. Hmm. So why isn't that we we don't have a day to celebrate winning the independence, not just declaring the independence? Now, I do love Fourth of July, particularly just falls smack dab in the middle of the summer and is perfect for pool parties and yeah. barbecues and yeah. that kind of thing. So I'm not trying to take anything away. I just mm-hmm. am glad to know that the nation has finally acknowledged the importance of York. Well, I'll give you a possible reason why we celebrate the 4th of July is today. Oh, good. It's ahead. because the Declaration of Independence says that these United Colonies are and ought to be independent states. I see. They're not just saying, can, may we please be independent states. Right. They're saying, no, we have, we are, by virtue of this declaration. Yeah. And so part of the whole logic of the declaration is that governments are appointed by the consent of the governed, and that governments are, are created by people, right? Right. So they're saying, look, we've created this new government. We are a new country, whether okay. you like it or not. Oh, yes. And that would have been fine until this recent identity politics started <laughs> where, where you get to decide who you are independent of what other people oh, think. You're like, yeah, yeah. I am beautiful. Well, you Maybe know, you kind of yeah. need other people to get on board with this. You can't, you are not the final determiner of, uh, right. of who you are. Or the, so, the 10 year old who says, I'm an adult. Or, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yes. So I do appreciate that ex- explanation, but, uh, you still need other people to acknowledge still, uh, that. Yes. And yes. they don't, and until, Actually, well, this we is the that. other thing. This is the, this is your other option. Mm-hmm. It's not officially acknowledged until September 3rd, two years after. Yorktown, mm. which is the, the signing of the Treaty of Paris. Mm-hmm. What, uh, if you're given your choice between Yorktown Day and uh, Treaty of Paris Day. Yeah, I'd, you, I'd, pick, the you, like, I'd pick the battle. I'd pick the battle. That's but, just a formality paper signing. Let's go with the blood and guts and the, <laughs> and the know, battle. And yeah, the, and the battle and the, the fire the, and the... Dropping the weapons and all that kind yeah, of yeah, stuff. Yeah, 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 yeah. All that good stuff. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, so I think we've chosen the right day for this. But... What are the nuts and bolts of how did things end in Yorktown? Now, how can we do this without, it's gonna be hard, without going backwards all the way to the beginning of? Yeah, it's a, you know it's of, a long time of, of the war. I mean, it's a long so. Uh, Con- 1775 is, is when things is started. Concord and yeah. Lexington right. in 1775, yeah. and here we are in 1781. Yeah, it's a heck of a long time. It's a long time for yeah. an unpaid volunteer yeah. ragtag army yeah. to basically. Lose its way into winning a war. Yeah, and and that that uh, podcast we were listening to about all this made a kind of a funny point is that in in Europe the rules of war were pretty pretty clear that like 
if you keep losing the battles and keep losing your major cities, then right. then you admit that you're you've lost. <laughs> yes. And the, the other guy goes, okay, we've won all the major battles and we control all the all the important centers. Of, right, like, so we've won, so right? We've, right? And the Americans Everybody? go, no, no, you haven't won yet. Just <laughs> 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 keep fighting and keep fighting and keep fighting. Right. Yeah. So, uh, alright, we can come back to some other points, but let's just go, let's just go here. Washington always thought that taking out the, the British stronghold in New York City is the knockout blow. Yeah. And we fortunately got the French on board. Mm hmm. The when was the be when was the uh, the the beginning of the French? I think it was like a year before Yorktown, wasn't it? Yeah. So um, Washington, yes. I mean, there's a lot of the battles happened in the north, and there was a lot of stuff that had to do with Philadelphia and New York, and a lot, there was a lot of activity up in that area. And Washington really wanted to take New York. Yes. Now the. The Brits changed strategy in 1780, and they said, "You know what? This is the this is the deal. We've got a lot more loyalists, a lot more sympathies in the South. Mm -hmm. Let's go in, mop up the South, mm -hmm. and then and then we'll move everybody. We'll take everything bit by bit and go and, north." And what they right? expected was that by going into the South, all these loyalists would join, right. join in with them, help them get rid of the the pesky. Uh, or rebels and, you know, join in with the loyalists and they would not only mop up the South, but probably get a bunch of conscripts and have a bigger army. And then that would be a lot easier to take the North. Yes. And it, to a degree, I mean, there were, there were more loyalists in the South than in the North, but, and there were, and in the South, there was like a little bit of a mini civil war going on yeah. between. Yes. And they were hoping to capitalize on that. Right. But it just didn't it turn really out. It really wasn't work. that didn't great. It didn't work out the way they so they, yeah. but they, they easily, uh, held, um, Charleston mm -hmm. and Savannah. Mm -hmm. And then they, it seemed like, you know, the next prize was going to be Virginia. I thought it was interesting, just by the way, that at that time, there were only like two cities in all of Georgia that you, that you could actually call cities. Uh, you, this this was pretty primitive times for yes. America. Yeah. Yes. I mean, so you, you're so sometimes I hear that they went in, they took this, they took this city with fifteen hundred men. And I'm going fifteen hundred men. That's not even enough people to fill a high school exactly. basketball. Our city. high school was bigger than that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm going fifteen hundred men's not very big, but but then neither is the town, right? <laughs> right. Yeah, and then right. you've got you know. Scary, trained, right. armed men. Yeah. So, you know, 1,500 men is enough to, yeah. to take us. I, I was often surprised at the sizes of the armies, how, how <laughs> relatively small yeah. they seemed to be. Like, you hear about these these battles with 50,000 against 80,000. And American battles were like, you know, 7,000 against 9,000. <laughs> yeah, right. I mean, right, cause, I mean, even the Romans were, were putting 50,000 in, in a right. field, yeah. you know. Yeah. Well, I mean, re read... Uh, Read through the historical books in the Bible, and they've got you know fifty thousand Amalekites going around. <laughs> right? yeah. I mean, these are big, big wars. Yeah, but there's little sixes and sevens. And yeah, three. relatively small, a, a big, a big country, lots of land with relatively few people and small armies. Yeah, kind and of. sort of poorly nourished. And right. uh, so, yes. So after the French join in. Mm -hmm. uh, and let's let's just, 17. let's just spend a minute to talk about why they did. So the the 
Ben Franklin went over to France to try to get their support for, for quite a long time. He'd yeah. been over there for years and was trying to get uh, money out of any enemies of England, right? Yeah. But he was also trying to get military support. Right. And apparently the French were willing to give us money, but they weren't willing to commit to the war because they didn't think that we could really win. Right. So they... And they didn't really care about the American cause, except that they had just spent seven years in the seven-year war mm -hmm. losing to England. And right. so they're going, well, I mean, what are you guys doing? You're killing Englishmen? Yeah, we like that. We do like that. Yeah. Uh, but we're not putting up a bunch of money and support for a losing cause. Right. And so they saw, I think, the Battle of Saratoga, which is a series of battles in the in the region. They're like, you know what? Maybe they can do. Maybe it. these guys yeah. got something going for. Right. So we'll send some. Uh, we'll send some some money and some and some ships and some soldiers. And so, because uh, Rochambeau is the leader of the the navy, of, of, right? of the navy. Yeah. And so they go. Uh, wasn't Lafayette already already here? Uh, yeah, yeah, well, that's the thing. So Lafayette's a Frenchman, but he's in the Continental Army. Yeah. Right, and he's a leader of the Continental Army. So right. you hear him. He just kind of came over on his own. Yeah, kind yeah. of, yeah. That's what mm -hmm. it seems like. Yeah, he was pre... So, so he came over as a you know 17-year-old. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. He was just here as a, as a colonist. Just happened to be French. As uh, hot-headed 17-year-old. <laughs> just looking <laughs> for go adventure. All the, way, all the way across the ocean just to fight in this stupid war. Imagine the... I know. It's yeah. just... That's, remember, we were talk, remember we were talking about the decline in testosterone? Uh, yeah, could you imagine the levels back then? I know, exactly. They must have been sky-eyed. <laughs> <laughs> so, all, right, all right, so so when the, when the French come over, uh, they acknowledge that George is in charge, mm -hmm. right? But they're actually a little bit more experienced, or a lot more, trained, better trained, and yeah. more experienced tes, uh, tacticians right. and uh, experienced. So, yeah... They let George, feeling I got with they're like, all right, yes, George, you're in charge, but I got some suggestions. And this is one of my points I'll get to later. George was great about that, apparently. Yeah. You know, it, sometimes he was very decisive, and sometimes he deferred to his junior officers and even the French. Mm -hmm. Even the French, I say. <laughs> Although, you know, the other thing about it was part of the reason that America was able to uh, hold its own for all this time was because they didn't follow the standard rules of war. You know, the standard uh -huh. rules of war were that time at that time. Were, line okay, up in a field. You, you guys line up over there, and we'll line up over here, and we'll shoot at each other, which is, is insane. Yeah. But and the Americans were like, no, we'll hide behind the bushes and shoot, and then run away, and then sneak around. Yeah, and, I mean, like, I don't know we'll if they if, you on the road if and, they learned that from fighting the Indians. I imagine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Indian, Indian, tech. the America, the French and Indian War, yeah. which apparently George Washington fought in. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, that wasn't that wasn't a stand out in the fields and fight kind of a. They're thing. like, you know what? That's a pretty good strategy. <laughs> this this <laughs> right. this hit and run stuff yeah. uh, is pretty effective. Yeah, and so uh, yeah. it was almost like guerrilla warfare. Yeah. you know, the Americans were not being doing the gentlemanly thing and standing in a line while you shoot at us. Yeah, which, they uh, don't fight right, and they don't know when they've lost. <laughs> Gone it. Gone, gone. So, so, <clears throat> uh, so anyway, so they talked to, to, so to, to George still has in his mind the New York idea and, mm -hmm. and he's in charge, mm -hmm. but the French are going, eh, does it look like the best move? What about if we go south and hit them in the south? Is it George's idea? Is the Frenchie's idea? I don't know. 
But they, and either George writes a letter of his plans to hit New York that get intercepted, mm-hmm. or it's strategic disinformation where he wants it to get right. intercepted. So that's why Clinton, who is in, uh, who's in New York and is head of the entire operation in the Americas, tells Cornwallis in Virginia, send me some men. And Cornwallis has get, took some, bruising down there and he says and go find yourself a nice little coastal place since we control the seas yeah to hang out for a while and hang out and for a while one of the good things for america was that clinton and cornwallis hated each other good there was there was a lot there was a lot of uh, animosity there was a lot of lack of cooperation between those mm-hmm. two and i mean the british <laughs> and, and the again, british should have been able to win this war. I, it really yeah. is something else yeah, yeah. and the the whole the uh, i'm just amazed the whole communication situation. Mm-hmm. Because I'm like, wait a minute. So Clinton is giving these orders to Cornwallis about where he should go. He's in Virginia. He's in, he's in, and who knows where he's, yeah. just, he's traveling around Virginia and you're in New York City and you're giving him, Hey, uh, what I really need you to do is find yourself. Who's, who's he's traveling 500 miles? Right. Exactly. To deliver so this ima- imagine you're back in 1780 and you're in, uh, you're in Yorktown. <laughs> And you've got to get a message to Virginia. It's like you don't. To you New don't York. Have the, you don't need. Sorry, to Virginia, to New York. You don't even have the Pony Express. You know, you don't have. <laughs> you don't have telegrams. You don't have cell phones. You don't have anything. You're just gonna. You're gonna walk, or you're gonna ride a horse, or through hostile land. I mean, you have through. you have some port strong port cities, mm-hmm. but when you're out in the countryside, right. You're not, and you're, 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 like you say, there's no Pony Express. There's no horse that's riding 500 miles right. straight. straight. So, uh, yeah. I, I guess you ride to some place and you I, exchange for a new horse and you. You know, I, I guess when you, when you read, it seems like things are happening quickly and then you realize, well, actually there was three months between right. this yeah. thing happened and that it thing happened. It had to be. Cause it yeah. had to be. Cause <laughs> it, it, it be. took so long to get the, any kind of communication. Thanks for joining us for Beer and Conversation with Pigweed and Crow Hill, where you'll find lighthearted chats and deep dives. We hope you enjoy our beer reviews and banter. After which we cover everything from Tolstoy to Thomas Sowell. From God to the Green New Deal. From UFOs to UBI. From Ted Cruz to time travel. From home brewing to homeschooling. From transcendentalism to trans madness. You can reach us with your question or comment at pigweedshow at gmail.com. Right, so in the process, uh, George says, well, I guess we'll walk there. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking, you're right there. Well, you could just come down the Chesapeake Bay. Well, you can't, right? There's no there's no American Navy that's going to get th- right. through the Chesapeake Bay. Well, right there where? Where, where, where was the I mean, Washington they, Army? No, no, I'm saying, if, if you're in New Jersey, you could, you okay. could, you yeah, could yeah, march yeah. to Haver de Grace, yeah, Maryland, yeah, exactly. right? Sure. right. take a ship all the way down instead yeah. of making the guys walk 500 miles. Except they miles. don't have the ships. <laughs> they don't have the ships. And if they did, the Brits would sink them. That's right, yeah. So we'll just walk. Yeah. So you take these bedraggled, uniformless guys, barefooted. Been eating hardtack, if, <laughs> if they could eat anything, for, for weeks and weeks. They don't have any food. They don't have any, they don't have any. All right, any boys, pets. you tired of sitting around? Good. <laughs> We're walking to Virginia. Yeah. It seems like a whole lot of this war was walking and suffering in camp, right. not getting paid. And uh, a little bit of fighting, a little bit, <laughs> a little bit of fighting from time and to time, and a lot of retreating. Yeah, yeah. right. So now, um, 
But, so, so York is on the York River, right where the York River feeds into the Chesapeake Bay, and if you have naval superiority, pretty, that's not a bad spot. Even if you lose your land routes, mm-hmm. which is what the Americans did, they, they, they cut them off from leaving, leaving Yorktown, mm-hmm. but you got a whole ocean over here, then somehow somebody gets a message to the Caribbean, to the French fleet in the Caribbean, and then de Grasse. So this is another component of what's going on at this time, is since the French entered the war, the British decided that they were going to start putting pressure on French holdings in the Caribbean. So they, there, there's another part of the war going on that was out in these islands right. um, that you know really didn't have much to do with. with so the, us. right, the Brits are, are fighting. They're fighting the French in continental Europe. They're yeah. fighting in the Caribbean. They're fighting the Americans in you know. You can only yourself so thin, <laughs> right? No matter how. That's why they had to conscript guys into the navy, yeah. you know. Get more people uh, fighting for them. Okay, so yeah, Yorktown is is a good spot. It's right down there, there near the mouth of the Chesapeake. Um, you know, you've got you've got Hampton, Newport News, Norfolk, Virginia Beach, all those things down there. This is down where the the Chesapeake runs spills into the ocean, and from that position, you can basically control. The whole Chesapeake Bay. Yeah, which is Baltimore and Washington and, you know, the access to the interior of the yeah. of, of the country. And so what happens? The French come up there with, uh, there's a naval battle and French win. I got, I got to ask you a somewhat unrelated question here. Does it, does it, like, bother you a bit when you hear a Brit talking about the battle? And he says, and that's when the, and that's when the ships entered Chesapeake Bay. Because I always grew up, it was the Chesapeake Bay. And whenever I hear somebody say Chesapeake Bay, I was like, no, you're, you're not from around here. That's yeah. Not, that's not the way we say it. It actually, well, you, now that you say it, it's always the Chesapeake Bay. Yeah. If we always say the but Chesapeake Bay. But it really Bay. does, makes kind of, makes perfectly good sense. To say Chesapeake to Bay. Say yes, Chesapeake. But, but, but we don't do that. That's, <laughs> no, that's, that's a regionalism. That's a, that's, that's a giveaway. If you say, if you say, I'm going to Chesapeake Bay, well, you're not from around here. <laughs> good point. Thank you. So, by, so they immediately know that they're screwed. Yeah. When, when, when the British Navy flees and uh, the French ships are there with a bunch of which a ton of a ton of soldiers, right? And and they're already at this point the the forces that were in Yorktown had already had some serious losses. As, which battle was that? Was that uh, not Guilford? Was it Guilford Courthouse? Yeah, yeah. That where they they won the battle, but they lost five thousand men or something. Right. And so they were already. I think they, they, and that, that was a, there's a lot of that going on. Yeah. Where they would they were winning all the battles, and the Americans were always on the run. But they have these heavy heavy wagon trains, and they're getting picked off and depleted, and no way to really resupply themselves. So, each of these victories comes with painful losses. Yeah, it's like a battle of attrition. They're 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 winning, but they're still losing a lot of men. I know. I I, I hate bringing up this com, this comparison, but there's a little bit of Vietnam going on here. Yeah, it's it's well. Let me, let's let's finish the battle, and then I'll, I'll do some analysis okay. later. All right. Yeah. Yeah, so so they're stuck in Yorktown. They're demoralized because they've been losing a lot of people. They uh, have just 
they know that the French or French fleet is coming in. Yeah. Um, the, and then the French fleet, there's a bunch of, uh, they have a bunch of soldiers with them. And then I, I went to so the, you know, so you, you have Rochambeau's men. Yeah. Then, uh, de Grasse brings in 3000 men. Mm-hmm. Then Washington shows up with his men. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, now actually the, Sometimes they call it the Battle of Yorktown, really Siege of Yorktown. Mm. I, I think is probably a better a better word. There's okay. not that much battling going on. It's not mm-hmm. like they open field battles. It's them hiding in a fort and getting bombarded until they realize help ain't coming. Uh-huh. Because you know they were. <laughs> but again, this is another thing. How do you know help's not coming? Who's who's sending this? Exactly. <laughs> right. So, uh, a raven comes, <laughs> yeah, lands on your shoulder, and tells you, uh, "Help's not coming." <laughs> I don't. I don't know how they don't know this. Right, right. So, uh, so, so inside the fort, Cornwallis has about seven thousand men, and outside there aren't that many more men, but they're just in a better in better position. About Plus, they got the ships and they got the guns, right? So, yeah, and uh, more, more, more French than than Brits. Um. So the, how about the readouts from uh, readouts nine and ten? Did you get that part there? No, so I don't so, remember that part. Yeah, so so they're doing good old trench warfare. Yeah. They're digging a trench about six hundred yards out, mm-hmm. and then you dig a trench towards the line, right? Right, a couple hundred yards, and then you dig another trench and get closer and closer. Mm-hmm. But there are these two readouts, readouts or redoubts, uh, which are just small temporary forts outside of the fort. Yeah, right. Um, and they decide, you know, for us to get into killing range, mm-hmm. we need to take these two out. And yeah. so in one night, the French take one and, um, Alexander Hamilton, a young 20 something, leads the other one. Okay. And, uh, both, they both bravely, but quickly take those out. And then that's when they're like, yeah. Okay, not much to do now. <laughs> now they're sitting right here, and then they just start pouring in the lead. Right, and uh, the the, uh, the Frenchies are cheering, and they're getting hammered, and finally they say, "Enough's enough." Uh, yeah, I, right. And no so help they, is coming. No way out. No way out of this. And, we're not going to make a. We're not going to make a charge. Well, I mean, they chose not to make a charge. The other thing we haven't brought up is that a lot of Brits back in in England were. Sort of sympathize with the Americans, and there wasn't there wasn't a really strong mm-hmm. feeling on the British side of yeah we need to we need to win this war. So there was there was kind of like a self doubt on the British side, and they weren't they weren't gung ho about this war to begin with, which, which explains perhaps why they didn't have as many men as as they mm-hmm. wanted, as many ships as they wanted. So here you are. You've been in this war for six years. You've you haven't been able to win despite winning all the battles. Despite exactly winning, you're not winning. Exactly, all this winning and you're not winning. And the people back home really aren't in favor of this. And you're you hate your other commanders, and you're having all these other kinds of problems. And the French are about to pummel your butt in this thing. So they it's just okay. become more aggravation. Than exactly, it's, than it's not worth really. it. So well, hold, hold on, but that comes that comes after the surrender. So the uh, they, they finish. So the surrender. The 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 drummer boy and uh, an officer with a white flag mm-hmm. finally comes out, and uh, here's the moment. And he comes out and brings his turns his sword over to George Washington. Tries to, but it's not Cornwallis, right? 
So Washington wouldn't accept the sword because it wasn't Cornwallis. Who had a tummy sword. ache. Uh, he, 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 really, the guy actually said, yeah, he's not, that the, it was just so lame, hmm. right? I mean, you're, really? Yeah. Yeah, you, 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 you can't walk a hundred yards to do this. You just, <laughs> you're just snubbing your nose a little bit. Yes. And yes. so, and, and Washington, Washington recognized this. Yes. And Washington said, okay, I'm not taking the sword from I'm a subordinate. Sword. He sent a subordinate to take the sword. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yes. But then they still, uh, they still had to, the, the officers still dined at a meal later, later that evening. And, you <laughs> of course know, they do. It's, <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of like, you know, that's men. You get in a fight and then, and then you have to finish the fight. You say, let's go have a beer. <laughs> I know. We just don't do that anymore, do we? The forest lost lost its uh, sex appeal. There you go. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, so, so, seven thousand men inside the fort marched out and uh, threw down their guns with a bad attitude, mm-hmm. not like gentlemen at all. And uh, the, their band played. Our band played better than theirs. And then the French played Yankee Doodle. <laughs> they played Yankee Doodle Dandy. <laughs> and uh, so this was. So this was the, so I guess what this obviously the community back to the communication thing. It's not like the, it's over. You call the king, and the yeah. king says, "All right, let's shut this whole thing down." Obviously, these we're just got to get out. Yeah, there's fighting. They're fighting everywhere. But back to your to get to the point you you started with. You still have New York. You still have fifteen thousand men in New York. You still have Charleston. You still have the major coastal ports. It's not like you're beaten everywhere. Just Yorktown. How? Why is this the end of the war? I guess they just at that point they just gave up. Yeah. Um, you know, this was Cornwallis. He was a major general, and he gives up. I guess. You know, Clinton is like, okay, I guess we're done. <laughs> yeah. He's like, all right. So, what are the terms here? Okay. Well, you you can have that boat. And we're sick of this anyway. We're no, sick, we're, we're we're sick we're of all this. We're sick of all this. Yeah, it's, it's the whole point was a, it's a bit of a bit of money drain after this. All right, so let me offer a little bit of sympathy to the Brits. Yeah. Those seven years, well, they fought France all over the world. Yeah. But a lot of it was the French and Indian War. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. So they expended a lot of blood and treasure to keep your butts. Safe. Safe from the French. From the French. And right. so now, guess what we need? We need to pay those debts. So we're going to, we need some tax money. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, yeah. I, I think, you know, the Stamp Act and, uh, the Towson Act, they, they, I mean, they just did it in a very clumsy way, but the, it does make sense that, all right, Americans. Yeah. I, I'm, we're I'm colonialists. Not, I'm, I, but what I'm about to say, I'm not trying to justify the way the Brits treated the Americans, because I think the Americans had had legit grievances against the Brits. However, I think if you look at the grievances that the Americans had against the Brits, that are, in, think, the, that are think, in the Declaration, yeah, I think we we Americans in 2022 have basically similar grievances against our government. Like a lot of the things that the British government was doing to the American colonies. Our government does to us. Now, not exactly the same. They're not quartering troops in my house or anything like that. But a lot of the, I think, I think we endure a lot of crap from our government. Oh, I, I think, I think they would be horrified. Yeah. If they saw the, the, the the level of government control over the individual lives of, of Americans. I think they would. Yeah. I think, I think they would. 
And th- if you had a Thomas Jefferson today, he would write a declaration. Of he, he looks at, he, yes. He would look at the garbage that we put up with where, okay. He would look so at somebody, all of the, he, the, the, the taxation and all of the, the things that the government feels like it's, it, it's the government's responsibility to, to control this. And then when they don't like you, they send, when they don't like you, they send 20 armed men with dogs into your house. <laughs> yeah, of, you yeah. know, so there's a lot, there's a lot of stuff going on today that is pretty bad. But anyway, right. at the time, Yes, they had legitimate grievances. And, you know, this, I think some people have said the Battle of Yorktown is like one of the most significant battles in world history. Hmm. Because if you think about it, that was how we secured uh, our independence. And the independence of the United States of America, the United States of America has been an incredibly influential power. Which has been the beacon on the hills. Right. For for more than 200 years. So Responsible for democracies all around the world. Exactly. So it is a a hugely important event in uh, in not just in American history, but in world history. In world history, yeah. Yeah, that's that little... uh... 5,000 men on 8,000 men. <laughs> Isn't that something? I can't, right? Yeah. Uh, it's yeah. not even What's Waterloo school, or anything. A high school like, gym is yeah. almost that. But So back to my Vietnam metaphor. Okay. Um, you're in – the Brits are in the lose-lose situation in a foreign land. So – when you win battles, you're killing Americans. You're, you're shedding blood. Right. When you're losing battles, you are giving hope to people who are not going, I don't know if I really want to get on board with this because, because nothing breeds success like success, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So, so when you see, that's why they needed these, the, the, the Trentons and, you know, what, here and there when they, when they get these wins, now you get recruits. Mm-hmm. So, so you, you lose when you lose, and you kind of lose when you win, because you're on the foreign soil. So how do you win hearts and minds, uh, which the Brits weren't very good at? Right. And all you do is fester resentment mm-hmm. and fuel the the revolution. Yeah, well, it's hard to win on somebody else's territory. Yeah. You know, we thought when we went to Iraq that we were going to be seen as liberators, and all, you know, didn't happen. It's always like yeah. that, yeah, too, right? Yeah. And they did, well... They are, uh, w- once you take down Saddam Hussein, good, okay, now yeah, you thanks. can leave. Yeah, Th- thank you very much, now get out of our country. Like, well, we're trying to set up a new thing here, I can't help you guys set up something new. Now we'll yeah. just... No, never mind, we'll take care of that. Yeah, yeah. We'll, 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 we'll enter, we'll have a long civil war and uh, <laughs> just... To, but just to, the to, idea that, well, you know, we don't, we don't want you here. That, isn't that... Isn't that the way it works everywhere in the world? Can you mm-hmm. imagine any place in the world where you would go in and you would – they have some problem. They have some internal problems, whatever. You go in and you stop that internal problem. They're like, thank you very much. Mm-hmm. Well, no, 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 no. We didn't ask you to, like, control our schools and everything. Well, uh, so, uh, Romans did it for – for a thousand years, yeah. I don't know how, but uh, they That's true. they must have been almost what they were. But they were a little more brutal about it than we're. They were a little, well, they, they were brutal, and what they brought was a new thing. Remember that, remember that scene? I, I think it's is it Life of Brian where they're sitting around. Come, what have the Romans done for us? <laughs> <laughs> well, well, there is the aqueduct, well, well, yeah. <laughs> sanitation, and education, sanitation. and uh... <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, so, 
the French, I've already said that how much, uh, begrudgingly, yeah. acknowledging the French. Did the French ever say to themselves, is it possible that helping a revolution in the United States would ever backfire? And they looked at each other and went, nah, nah no we've way. got a king and it's, everything's fine over there. Everything's this different. is weird. This is weird American stuff. And we're actually, we didn't really think about that. We just wanted to hurt the British mm-hmm. until about 10 years later. Mm-hmm. Thomas Paine went, Thomas Paine, if Thomas Paine had not sided up with the French Revolution, there, 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 there are no statues, there are no cities, there's no, most of the common sense was the most important book yeah. in, in the American Revolution, one mm-hmm. of the most important figures. Mm-hmm. But I think when he got on board with the, Reign of terror in France. Everybody they're like, said, "Like, ah, never mind you, Thomas." Mm, yeah. Thanks for your help. Right. But, um, One of these days, we need to do a contrast between the American Revolution and the French Revolution. No, that's a good that, one. That would be a good one. That's a yeah. good one. So, uh, and so, so let me bring up a couple. Oh, we going on time here. That's just a couple of things about awesome, awesome George. And one of them was. You know the the under the, the hearts and minds. Yeah. So he's starving to death in uh, in in Valley Forge, mm-hmm. starving and freezing. Going, right. all right. We need some money and some socks and some food, right. and we're have a, it's a terrible and a winter. Christmas party. And they're, <laughs> and they're, it's only up the street. If you guys could, could and they, and they said, you know what, you have been uh, given permission to commandeer, and he's like, no. Right. Not doing that. I'm not taking it from our people. I'm taking it from those guys. Yeah. 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 I'm, we're, we're not doing that. Yeah. And while he was lenient in some ways, there was no looting. Yeah. There was no... And he right. hanged people who didn't yeah. follow their orders. Yeah. Absolutely. Now, can you imagine all those poor suffering bastards in those boats going across, you know, in, in Valley Forge? Oh, um, no, you mean... that's That was Trenton. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Yeah, Trenton. Yeah. All those poor guys, they're probably thinking... I bet you those Hessians have got socks. <laughs> you know, I know let's go, let's go kick their butts and take their socks, and maybe maybe we'll find I mean, some no, uh, eggnog or something. I'm on on brew day. My feet get so cold, I got to put them by the fire with boots and two. <laughs> and these guys are marching in snow. And, I know, and in bare feet, with just like rags wrapped around yeah, their feet. It's amazing. So apparently, at this at the surrender. The Brits come out, you know, they've got their fine uniforms. The French have their fine uniforms, and they're walking between the French and the Americans. Yeah, who were just barefooted rags wearing... We lost to these. I know. It doesn't make sense, yeah. Uh, yeah, like I said, he, he listens to advisors, even the French... No looting. He has to respect. He's the only one that holds this thing together. So this is eight years of a lot of losing mm-hmm. and a lot of not being paid. Right. Um, and somehow he held it all and together. Somehow he held it all together. Right. And then when, and then in in the end, when he is free to declare himself King George, and everybody would have gone gone along with it, he says, uh, "I've been away from my farm too long." Yeah. He, he is Cincinnatus. In, yeah, uh, yeah, 100%. It's amazing. And then, by virtue of that, they said, oh, and by the way, that's what makes you the only person who could have this new job of what they came up with was president, mm-hmm. which is a very meek 
term for the time. That like right. it's like, like the president. A little while the, later, we had to go through the, the articles of confederation and all that kind of junk before we got to. But once they defined the, the defining the office yeah. was was defining the office down. It was yeah. all about just like is the Bill of Rights. Everything, nothing was about granting a power to kings and and rulers. Everything was about limiting power. What do people talk about limiting power of government lately? Uh, yeah, uh, Tulsi Gabbard. Um, so speaking of Rochambeau have you ever played the game Rochambeau? I have not oh well we'll we'll do this afterwards it goes like this Uh, we kick each other as hard as we can taking turns in in the groin and I go first (laughs) that's like a great game (laughs) it doesn't last very long (laughs) who plays that game So, uh, all right. So here we go. So Yorktown Day, pretty good, right? Yeah. Well, uh, this was fun. Yeah. But uh, you you do know that there really is no Yorktown Day. Actually, I do. It's just something I have petitioned for for so long that I've almost come to believe it's a real thing. You started to believe your own story. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. But and also because I myself celebrate it. Okay. What I do is I. Take the day off, and I spend the day uh, walking through snow and bare feet. No, no, laying siege to a variety of English porters and stouts. There you go. <laughs> okay, that works. But I will continue my letter writing campaign uh-huh. until Yorktown Day becomes becomes an observe. I don't. Need, I'm not asking for a day off work. Just observed. Just observed. Just something that we put on the calendar and say, it's Yorktown Day. Remember Yorktown. <laughs> and, right. And then hopefully the, your your history teacher at school spends 15, A minutes, 15 minutes that day. Saying, yeah. Well, you people know? usually do cover Yorktown in school, I think. And even even nowadays in our, in our awful... Uh, but they, they, do, they do it in, in, when they're covering the Revolutionary War, but I want to acknowledge the day. Okay. There you go. Yeah. Okay. Right. So, uh, speaking of, uh, you know, Tulsi, didn't we have a man of the week this week? We do have a man of the week. And yeah. So, our, our man of the week, you know, it's funny. We say man of the week, and we, we actually had a, a good question from our buddy JR. Why do we call it man of the week when it's not always a man? Um, and the reason is because we grew up at a time where when you said he, you meant. A person, when you, anyone. And when, when and you we, say a small step for man, you, you know. Met, you met humankind. <laughs> you, didn't, you didn't mean just for the guy. So so anyway, it just so happens that our man of the week is Tulsi Gabbard. Yes. And but however, the problem here is, do you still have a Democrat that you No, admire? that's exactly. So, <laughs> so, so I... I a little while ago, we were talking about... Yeah, what was that? Yeah, go ahead. We were talking about, you know, is there a Democrat that I could vote for? And I said, Tulsi Gabbard. Well, okay, well, what a surprise. She now could take no, it anymore. She can't take the Democratic Party anymore. And she she blamed them for being warmongers. Uh, she said that they're, you know, the woke stuff has yeah. gone too far. Uh, the spending has gone too far. She, If you look at her the video... The hypocrisy has yeah. gone too far? If you look at her video explaining all the reasons why she's leaving the democratic party they all make sense i guess my my only real reaction to the, to all this is what took you so long yeah yeah you didn't you didn't see the the, the, the crazy right around you yeah we all see seen this crazy for quite a long time and i mean congratulations but, tulsi for seeing it eventually but you know should have seen it 
long time ago. And does her does does this? I mean, there have uh, every Democratic leader can't be on board with what's going on with the current party. You know, so, so I mean, these people have been in the party for forever. It's not like the, I understand the newbies who are just come along. They're going, this yeah. is the Democratic Party. It's like, what if you've already been a Democrat for thirty years? This and this it's gets, never been a thing. This gets to me to the question of. A politician who actually believes in something or a politician who simply wants power, right? right. And you're, you're, you're like, wait a minute, this, this, uh, this woke thing has got some legs. Let me get, let me get on board. Yeah. Rather than, is this part, does this follow the, the principles that you've always, li- always lived by? Yeah. Like, for example, Joe Biden, I don't think he has, <laughs> I don't think he has any principles at all. I'm not sure he even understands the word principle right now, but he, he has okay, right, right, right been, now because of the dementia or ever, or has he always been the, the go, the not go along to get along, the find the most electable position? Yes. He's always been that guy. Yeah. He's always been I, I mean, I mean kind of now guy. today, <laughs> okay. he's probably so far gone. He doesn't even know what the word means, but, um, you, you have people like Joe Biden who just pursue opportunistically mm-hmm. what's going to give them more power, more money, everything else. Yeah. And, I'm sure there are people on the Republican side like that too. Um, so you have those kinds of politicians. And then you have other politicians who actually have principles. And they might have principles I agree with, principles I disagree with. I respect the people with principles. Um, and Tulsi Gabbard seems to be one of those. And, um, you know, unfortunately we have too many of the people mm-hmm. who all they want is power. All they want is to be reelected. Mm-hmm. All they want is money. And, uh, it's disgusting, and maybe maybe this will inspire others. Now she's not a sitting uh, no congresswoman. She used anymore, to be, but she's from Hawaii. But she's still, uh, she, you know, she's her name carries some weight, and um, well, we'll see. But well, Tulsi, yeah, well done. And uh, oh, can I, can I plug my ticket? Sure, yeah, yeah. The the Gabbard uh, Haley. <laughs> Which one's All on top? All women. Haley on top. Haley on top. Yeah. Uh, the, so it'd be the Haley Gabbard, all women of non non white uh, descent. Yeah, right. right. Well, she's she was a Buddhist, and and Gabbard, and the other one's a Hindu. She's is Indian. Uh huh. Look, I mean, you know what? Is that enough diversity for you? We don't mean that kind of diversity. <laughs> no, exactly. The, the, we don't mean why... that. Okay, Just because sorry. you're women and you're not and you're not Christian. Okay, you, know. you brought up you brought up the hated word. So <laughs> the thing is, when people say diversity, they don't mean <laughs> never, diversity. They ever. never ever. It's such a lie. It is such a transparent lie. They don't mean diversity. What they mean is. We're going to use this to bludgeon you, to force the conformity that we want you to observe. Yeah, yes, yes. and, and uh, the, the 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 party of women and minorities. Yeah, only if you fall in line. Exactly, only if you do what we tell you to yeah. do. Right. All, All right. right. Well, anyway, Tulsi. All, right. All right, Tulsi. There you go. All right, man. If you like Beer and Conversation with Pigweed and Crowhill, please like it, share it, give us a good review, post it to Facebook, all that good stuff. Thank you so much.